Oh, thank you, Lord God. Thank you. You are the reason. You are the reason, Lord God, that we're here. You're the reason that we come and worship you. Father, it is a choice that we make to stand and worship you. It is a choice that we make. And Father, it's a privilege and honor to be able to come to this place and meet with you where our lives, where our challenges, where our shortcomings intersect with your grace and your love. Ah, what a great opportunity we have. Father, that you love us so much that you meet us right where we are. And Father, we, that's the reason that we choose to give you worship. And we thank you for it, Lord. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, praise team. Great job this morning. Great job. And uh, I want to thank you for joining us and, and uh, worshiping with us this morning. At this point, I'd like to release the warrior youth. You guys are welcome to go back. There goes half our church right there. <laughs> ah, hey, man, I love it that we have so many children and youth at Life Fellowship. Wow. The next generation. And we're intentionally pouring into them, raising them up to be mighty warriors for Christ. Amen. All right. Well, thank you for joining us today again. And uh, last week I began a, a series called Alone with God. And if you missed last week's teaching, I encourage you to go back and, and check that out, watch that or podcast that. And what I began with last week was talking about Christ being the greatest example and demonstration of getting alone with God. And uh, so that's really, the, that was the heart of last week's message. And Jesus knew how to spend quality time with the Father. And we need to learn that too. We need to continue to press in like we sang about this morning. We have the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us on a continual basis. And we have direct access to the Father. So we want to make sure that we take advantage of that. This morning's uh, sermon is relationship is key. And again, I think it dovetails very well with what I taught last week. So uh, if you missed that, go back and listen to that sermon or watch that sermon. The Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit are one. And I, I thought this was a good example. If I call somebody that I know, uh, like my wife or some of you, I don't have to say, hey, this is Pastor Mark from Life Fellowship in Kima, Texas. Uh, uh, you know me, right? You recognize my voice. You hear and you recognize my voice. If you see me at one of my favorite stores, Fry's Electronics, and you see me walking down the aisle, you're going to recognize me, right? Because you know me. We have a relationship. And even if you go online and you podcast one of the sermons, you may not be able to see me, but listening to my voice, you're like, ah, I know that voice. Or if you were to go online and watch a sermon and say the volume were turned down and you couldn't hear me speaking, you would say, I recognize that handsome young man right there. I know who that is. Humble, handsome young man. But right, we, we know each other because we have a relationship with one another. And there are some of you that I can come up and you won't even be looking and I'll just give, come up from the side and give you a hug and you know who it is. You know who it is because we have a relationship and you know who I am. And uh, so I guess the point I'm trying to make is when you see me, it's me. It's really me. 
There's no one else in the entire world like me. Some would say, hallelujah. <laughs> no, but we're all created individually. And so when we see somebody, when we hear their voice, we know them because we have a relationship. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are one. Do we know him? Do we know them? Jesus told his disciples in John 14, 9, he said, anyone who's seen the Father has seen me. And I love that whole dialogue with Jesus and the disciples. And Philip's like, well, just show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. And Jesus is like, hello, Philip. Have I been with you all this time? And still you don't realize that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father? And we're like that too sometimes. But it's like God the Father from himself. I heard Pastor Don, our pastor, give this example. And I thought this was so good. It's like from God himself, he takes from from within himself, Jesus, and plants Jesus in Mary to give birth to Jesus the Messiah. It's like God is taking from himself and giving Jesus. Jesus and God the Father are one. Hello, if you've seen me, you've seen who? You've seen the Father. Jesus and the Father are one. Jesus was fully man and fully God. This morning, we're going to be looking at uh, I'm going to keep it real easy for you. We're going to the Gospel of John, and we'll be looking in chapter 16, verses 5 through 15, and John 14, 16, 16 through 17. So you can begin to turn there in your phones or iPads or whatever you have, or if you're old school like Cliff here, you've got your Bible, uh, hammer and chisel, you know, you know, that's good. I like having the Bible in my hands. I, I like that. Okay, let's go to John 16, 5. And this is what Jesus is telling to his disciples. And he says, but now I'm going away to the one who sent me. And not one of you is asking, where am I going? Where is he going? He's returning to the Father. And let me uh, just kind of bunny trail here for, for a moment. Let's go to Hebrews 2, 14. I know I didn't tell you where we're going there, but you can, it'll be up on the screens. And last week we looked at this scripture in Hebrews and the writer of Hebrews is saying, because, because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the son also became what? Flesh and blood. Let's read on. For only as a human being could he die. God cannot die. God is not dead. Have you seen that movie? If you haven't, go see that movie. God's not dead. He cannot die. For only as a human being could he die and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. So it's only by Christ, by Jesus coming as a man and dying, could he break the chains, break the power off the enemy. And we know that God, and we read this every time we have communion in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, where it talks about God has made a covenant with us through the blood of Jesus Christ. God has always required a sacrifice for sin. I'm not sure I understand that, why he's required that, but that's a requirement. And so something had to die and shed its blood for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus said, he said, my father's will, not mine. That's what I want to do. And this is a demonstration of a true relationship. Sin entered humanity when Adam and Eve willingly disobeyed when they sinned, when they ate the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's when sin entered into all of humanity. It became part of our DNA. Romans says all are conceived and born in sin. So uh, sin is part of who we are, but Jesus came to break that off of us. He came to conquer sin and death. And now 
let me see here. Let's go to Genesis chapter 3. And if you want to turn there, it'll be up on the screens. After, after Adam and Eve's sin, God tells them of the consequences of their sin. Now, there are always consequences for sin. Uh, it could be, you know, it could be the guilt that we feel. Have you ever done something and you know it's wrong and you, you feel guilty about it? But there are always consequences for sin. And uh, in, in Genesis chapter 3, when, they, when Adam and Eve choose to disobey, he tells them of their consequences. He, they have to move out of the garden. They have to work. Uh, there's going to be pain in childbirth, all of, all of these different things. So you can go back and read that in Genesis 3. But one, one of the things he does is he changes the name of woman to Eve. He changes her name. And then the next thing he does in Genesis 3.21, it says, And the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. So where did the animal skins come from? They came from animals. So that meant that the animals had to die, right? I don't think the animals were walking around without their skin. Blood had to be shed. And so we see even then at the first sin that God is covering them by uh, sacrificing animals to cover them with skin. Uh, prior to this, they're running around naked. They didn't have any clothes. <laughs> okay. All right. You're looking at me like, okay, what's the point? I don't know what the point is. I'm just saying they were running around naked. Okay. Uh, but at least one animal had to be killed and shed its blood. Adam and Eve had a personal relationship with God in the garden. And when they disobeyed God, it changed. When we disobey God, it changes. Listen, I'm not, hear me, we're saved by grace through faith when we believe not of our works. So it's not about performing. It's about God's grace that, that we're accepted by the blood of Christ. We're brought into relationship. But when we sin, it has an impact on our life. So uh, it changed for Adam and Eve when they sinned. Jesus' blood is the final sacrifice to cover all of our sins. That's why we don't sacrifice animals anymore because Jesus was the atoning final sacrifice for us who God has made a covenant with us through the blood of Christ. Jesus came to restore a broken relationship between God and humanity. And I love uh, a line in Firefall Down that says, Jesus came to fix our broken lives. All of us have brokenness. We were born broken because of sin, because sin had entered into humanity. All, of, all are born in sin and conceived in sin. So Jesus came that we could be brought back into a personal relationship with God. And so if you've been coming here very long, you know our mission at Life Fellowship is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. That's what we're all about. And that's the key is that we come into a relationship with him. It's not about religion. It's not about performing. It's not about jumping through all these hoops. It's about coming into that relationship. And as we come into that relationship, God does something in our hearts. He begins to change our hearts. And we begin to come into alignment with his heart for us, with his love for us. And so those things that once had their hooks in us begin to release as we begin to walk in this newness of life and the freshness of life and, and this new relationship. Jesus finished his, finished his job on earth for now, but he's coming back. He's coming back for his bride, which is us, the church. 
Okay, let me go, uh, let me go to John 6, 5 through 15. But now I'm going away to the one who sent me, and not one of you is asking where I'm going. Verse 6, instead you grieve because of what I've told you. It would appear that his disciples weren't really that interested in where he was going. It was, they were grieved because he was leaving. And we know that to be part of our, our human nature as well. Uh, when someone dies, of a family member or a friend, even if they're saved, if they're a Christian, we know that we're going to see them again, right? But still, we're grieved, right? Because we miss them, because we love them. We don't want to see them go. Even though we will see them again, it's still hurtful. And so the disciples had this relationship with Jesus, and they were grieved because they didn't want to see him go. They had a close relationship with him. We see that Jesus is going back to the Father because it's his relationship. Jesus has come for that season and, and done what he needed to do. He, he came and he impacted the world. He, he trained up disciples. He died on the cross for all of our sins. He rose on the third day. He conquered sin and death. And then he went back to be with the Father. So my first point, I think I missed it earlier, was relationship is key. That is the key. Our relationship is key. And my second point that we're going to now is the Holy Spirit is our helper. Let's read on in John 6, 7, 16, 7. But in fact, and this is Jesus still talking here. He says, but in fact, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate will not come. This Greek word for ad advocate means intercessor, consoler, counselor, helper, friend. He says, I'm going back to my father, but I will send the advocate. I will send the Holy Spirit, the counselor, the helper to be with you. Jesus tells them it's better that he go away so he could send the Holy Spirit to us. Let's read on. Well, let, let me read this again. But in fact, it's best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. Okay, let's turn back to John chapter 14, 16, and 17, just a couple of pages back. Here, Jesus is also preparing the disciples for his departure. And this is the same uh, section of scripture that I quoted earlier where Jesus tells them, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. John is an awesome book. I mean, it starts off, the Gospel of John starts off telling us who Jesus is. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. And everything was created by him and for him and through him. And then it says in verse 14, and the word, the same word throughout the, those, all of those scriptures is logos. And the word logos became flesh and dwelt among us, clearly talking about Jesus. Listen, guys, it's all about him. It's all about him. And, and Jesus came that we would have a relationship, that we would be restored back into our relationship that God desired us to walk in. So let's go to John 14, 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. Wait, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. Let, let's go back to John 16, 7. But in fact, it's best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I, Jesus, emphasis mine, will send him to you. Well, wait, in one verse he's saying, I will ask the Father. In the other verse he's saying, I will send him. What is it? It's the same. 
Jesus and the Father are one. We see that they are one. Here's another example of that. Okay, verse 17. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. So the Holy Spirit could be right there and, and someone that's not saved is not gonna recognize him. Somebody in Africa, somebody in League City, Texas could see me and not recognize me, right? Because they don't know me. And there are a lot of people that are not looking for God. They're not looking for the Holy Spirit because they don't have a relationship with him. And we find that, that that's a challenge in this area because so many people have yachts and you have the beach here and you have all these different things to do. And those things can crowd out the priority of looking for God and having a relationship with him. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. Listen, we need the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he leads us into all truth. Have you ever been deceived? Have you ever deceived yourself and said, man, this is a good buy. I'm going to go buy this and find out that it was a terrible purchase or whatever that may look like. And so the Holy Spirit can say, wait, that's a bad deal there. That's a money pit. Don't, don't go there. Don't buy that. So we need to listen to the Holy Spirit because he leads us into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. Jesus is someone that I know. Jesus is someone that knows me, that recognizes my voice, that has that kind of intimate relationship with me. And just as someone, some of you, most of you know me, I know Jesus. I know the Holy Spirit. And I know most of you do, if not all of you do as well. We hear that small, still voice speaking to our hearts and we recognize it. Oh yes, that's you, Lord. At 4.30 in the morning, when he wakes me up, I'm like, yes, Lord, that's you. I know your voice because I recognize you. Jesus is telling them and us, if we recognize the Father, we recognize Jesus the Son. And if we recognize Jesus the Son, then we also recognize God the Holy Spirit. Jesus is telling them, I'm leaving, however, I will send someone to be with you that you will recognize the Holy Spirit. Let's look at John 14, 17 again. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. Those that don't have a relationship with Jesus or the Father or the Holy Spirit don't know them. Generally, the individuals that I know that don't have a relationship with Christ don't really get it. Our neighbors see us get up every Sunday morning and come to church. And many of those people may be thinking, well, okay, yeah, I see you're going to church. And that's probably a religious exercise for this person, but they don't really get it. It's not about a religious exercise. I come here because I'm building a deeper relationship with him. I'm building a deeper relationship with my church family. And you guys are important. You are part of my life. We're family. <laughs> so it's not about religion. It's not about all those things. It's about a relationship. And Jesus had this kind of relationship 
with the Father, with the Holy Spirit. God has always desired that we have that kind of relationship. Even when Adam and Eve sinned, he clothed them with animal skins. It's like he said, okay, I'm, I'm going to have a sacrifice of blood here. Even before, long before all of that was ever instituted. Because it's always been God's greatest desire to be in relationship with us. To have a personal, intimate relationship with him where he knows us and we know him. And every day I'm looking for him. I'm, I'm in communion and in communication with the Lord on a daily basis. I'm praying throughout the day. And as I think we talked about, I talked about last week, listen, that doesn't mean you have to get up at 4.30 in the morning and pray for three hours. Just have a genuine, authentic relationship with him. And I'm praying throughout the day. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. Pray always. Pray all the time. Pray. And you don't have to get weird and kooky about it. You can just pray in your daily, as you go through your daily life. And I, I find myself praying in, uh, there's, I've developed a, a habit or a culture of, of just praying throughout the day in the shower all day long. I'm just in communion with him. And listen, I'm not trying to say that I'm super spiritual or anything like that. I'm just saying I have a relationship. And that's what God desires, that we be in communion and relationship with him. John 14, 16, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you, verse 17. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. He lives with you now and later will be in you. So Jesus is saying the Holy Spirit is here because I'm here. The Holy Spirit lives with you now and later will be in you. I go, it's best that I go so that I can send the Holy Spirit. He lives with you now. Hello, he's right here. He's Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and later he will be in you. When I am with you, the Father's with you. When I am with you, the Holy Spirit's with you. When I leave, I will send the Holy Spirit to you. Let's look at verse 17 as it continues. Well, let me... Yeah, as it continues here. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Later the Holy Spirit will reside in you when I send him to you. Let's go back to John 16, 8. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The Holy Spirit does not condemn. The Holy Spirit does convict us. And I get convicted a lot. You know, I'll say something and it's like the Holy Spirit says, you know, that really wasn't very nice. <laughs> Maybe you need to go back and apologize to that person. Maybe you could have said it a little bit differently. Maybe you could have put a little more love into that. The Holy Spirit will also prompt us, don't do that. Don't go there. The Holy Spirit is our friend. He's our helper. He will prompt us. The Holy Spirit will sometimes prompt me, Call so-and-so. You need to check on so-and-so. Or maybe even through my wife, she'll say, you know what? The Lord's really been speaking to me about so-and-so. Maybe you ought to give him a call. So the Holy Spirit is our helper to lead us and guide us into all truth. And some, sometimes the Holy Spirit will say, why don't you bless so-and-so? And 
Or maybe you should apologize for what you said. I get that a lot. <laughs> um, but you know what? The Holy Spirit loves me and wants what's best for me. And it's not always just about, um, well, I mean, it's a whole myriad of different things. Keeping me out of trouble, don't go there. Or why don't you call and encourage someone? And I, I have to say, and I think this is probably true for all of us, but when I feel prompted to do something nice for someone, it's the Holy Spirit prompting me. It's not because I'm such a, a wonderful person. I probably wouldn't even think of that. And the Holy Spirit says, why don't you do this for that person? And I'm like, wow, that's a great idea. And so then I simply obey. But see, the, the, I don't think that the ideas are originating with Mark. I think it's the Holy Spirit prompting me. And so as we will just follow his lead and trust him, he will do amazing things through our lives. He'll have, me, he'll have you pray for people. I got a call, uh, I got a message uh, from somebody earlier this week and, and uh, they had a prayer request and, and I wasn't able to talk to them, but I left a message and I said, hey, I just want, wanted you to know I'm praying about this situation and they called and left a voicemail and said, hey, they got out of the hospital. I wanna thank you for your prayers. And uh, I've shared with you guys that I'm getting this email, emails from this guy in India that I prayed for when we were over there and God healed his hand. There wasn't lightning from heaven that came down and there wasn't a loud voice or anything. I just prayed a prayer believing that God could heal this man's hand and he healed him. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about just connecting to the source of life. I'm talking about just praying for people in faith. I mean, God, would you heal this man's hand? Would you completely restore his hand? God did it. I just prayed in faith. I prayed with expectation. God, I, I, you want me to go encourage somebody? I'll go encourage them. You never know what that's going to do in someone's life. If we would just yield our life to the Holy Spirit and say, God, whatever you want to do, guide me and lead me into all truth. Help me. Help me to live this thing out, this walk of faith. And then we get to see the evidence of the power of God moving in people's lives. Just because we're obedient. He does the work. It's not us. It's him. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Listen, when we believe in Jesus, when we give our life to Jesus, all the sin is gone. We're giving all that to him. We're washed in the blood. And God says, your sins are forgiven. They're as far as the, the east is from the west, they're gone. And so when we come to Jesus, when we give our life to Jesus, all that stuff is gone. I'm not saying we never make a mistake. We do. But we can go back to the cross and say, Jesus, I, I leave it here. I messed up. And then we go and ask forgiveness and we move on. God's blood I mean, Jesus' blood is complete to cover all of our sins. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. John 16, 10 says, righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. Righteousness is available because I'm going to the cross, I'm shedding my blood as an atoning sacrifice for all of your sins, and then I'm going to the Father. And the word says that he's seated at the right hand of God making intercession for us. And he says, I go 
I know you don't understand this, but I'm, it's best that I go so that I, that I can send the Holy Spirit. We are made right, or we, may, we are made righteous through the covenant God has made with us through the blood that Jesus has shed for us. That's great news. You don't have to jump through a bunch of hoops. You don't have to keep a bunch of rules and regulations. You just simply receive God's grace and walk in the newness of life, the freshness of life that, that comes through the blood of Christ. John 16, 11 says, judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. In other words, Satan has already been judged. Judgment is based on God's word. And when you look at God's word, God says, I put boundaries here. If you stay within these boundaries, it's good. If you step out of these boundaries, it's not good. And sin is really, it, it means to miss the mark. It means willful disobedience. And uh, so it's not good when we step out of those boundaries. You, you put a, a bag of 10 pounds of jelly beans in front of your kid and you say, you can't eat all of them. If they ate all 10 pounds, they would be sick. And you tell them, I'm giving you boundaries. Why? Because I'm a mean dad. Because jelly beans are evil. No, it's because I love you. And I want you to, them, to enjoy them. I don't want you to get sick off of them. And so God puts boundaries around us and says, listen, don't do this. Stay within these boundaries because I love you. And you do that for your children. So judgment is based on God's word. And that's why knowledge and application is vital. Now, let me clarify this. Let me be very, very clear. I'm not talking about intellectual knowledge. I'm talking about knowledge of God's word that we get in here, not just here. Knowing the word of God, where the word of God is within us. The word of God is a living word of God. And so do we have the word of God in us? Do we know scripture? Because many times I find that I will begin to quote scripture when I need encouragement. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because I have the power, the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. So we can stand on the word of God. We can speak the word of God. We can speak life over people. We can speak blessings over people because we're coming into alignment with the word of God. So knowledge and application is important, but it's not just head knowledge. It's a knowing. It's having the experience with Christ and then applying the word of God to our life. Do you know people that can quote you scripture but don't live it? <sighs> Maybe you've been like that. I've been like that before. And I've shared some of, some of my failures in that where I claim to be a Christian. And one of the turning points in my life was one day this guy that I worked with came to me and said, Mark, you claim to be a Christian, but the words that come out of your mouth don't reflect it. Oh, I want to hit him. But he was right. <laughs> it changed my life. Because I came face to face with what I was saying and what I was living, and it did not match. And at that point in time, that was a turning point for me. And I gave my life. I recommitted my life to the Lord. I got rebaptized, the whole thing. And that was a fresh start for me. And so we need to not only know the word, James 1:22 says, be doers of the word, not hearers only. Man, it doesn't do you any good just to hear it and not live it. Faith without works is dead. James says, I'll show you my faith by my works, by the things that I'll do. I'll, I'll prove to you that I'm a man of faith. 
because you'll be able to see the evidence of it in my life. So we need to have the word of God in our hearts. That's why we're pouring into our children back there. That's why we're encouraging you to come on Wednesday night to Bible study. That's why we want you to continue to come on Sunday mornings. We're always going to be teaching you the word. So we're learning and we're growing together. We're getting the word of God down in us. Faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by what? The word of God. We need the word of God in our life. And uh, so knowledge is not just a head, it's not the head knowledge, but it's a knowing in our heart. Application is demonstrated by our lifestyle. Are we living it? And you know, we have this phrase here at Life Fellowship. It's what? Live it. it. And it means basically live it or shut up, okay? Nobody wants to hear it anymore. Live it, come on, man. I mean, we should be teaching the word, we should be uh, sharing the word, but more importantly, we should be living it. People should look at us and say, there's something different about you. I saw you over here and I see you over here. What's happened to you? I have a relationship with the Lord. Oh, you got religion. Okay, no, I didn't get religion. I got Jesus in my heart. And he's changed my heart. Therefore, my actions have changed. My life has changed because my heart has changed. John 16, 12. There is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. Jesus, I, Jesus was like, look, guys, there's so much I want to tell you, but, but you're having a hard time grasping what I am telling you. Jesus knew they were already on informational and emotional overload. And we know how things transpired. And it was a lot, Right. Because this was before he went to the cross and died and all that. There was a lot going on. So we know what happened. They had no idea what was really going on. I'm going to the Father and you'll, you'll see me no more. What? You're the Messiah. You've come to redeem us. I, we're thinking that you're going to release us from the oppressive bondage of the Roman government. That you're going to be king. And we'll have our way with the Romans. They'll be subject to us. That's not what he came for. He came to restore all of humanity back into relationship with him. Judgment will come. How? You're the Messiah. You're leaving. Who's going to judge? And Jesus was like, there's so much more I want to tell you. There's so much more to this. So relationship is key. The Holy Spirit is our helper. And my third point is the Holy Spirit is God's spirit. Let's look at John 16, 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. The point I'm really trying to make this morning is that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are one. And we need to recognize the Holy Spirit. And we need to be listening to that small, still voice. We need to be looking for him every day in our life in our everyday life. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Back in John 14, 6, Jesus told him, I am the what? The way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Jesus is truth. He says, when the spirit of what comes? The spirit of truth comes. Jesus is truth. When the spirit of of Jesus comes, he will guide you into all truth. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Let's go back to John 16. When the spirit of truth comes, this is John 16, 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. 
He will tell you about the future. John 16, 14, he will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. Let's, let's look at the scripture in 13 again, the last part of 13. He will not speak on his own, but tell you what he's heard. He's gonna tell you what he's heard from who? Well, he clarifies that in, in verse 14. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. So are you seeing the connection there? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are connected. They are all one. And verse 15 says, all that belong to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. And we know that in Matthew 28, 18, he's, Jesus says, this is after he's died, after he's resurrected and risen from the grave and all that, he says, what all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and what? Make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all that I've taught you and know that I'll be with you till the end of the age. So he says in, in verse 18 of Matthew 28, all authority has been given to me. He says here in John 16, 15, all that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. And so as we connect with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is speaking to us directly from Jesus, giving us direction. We can commune with God anytime, anyplace. This series is about getting alone with God. It's not about playing church. It's not about all this other stuff. It's about really coming to that place of intimacy with him where we have that alone time and it requires us to spend some time with him and you know sometimes frankly it may only be 15 or 30 seconds that I'm spending with with the Lord and it can be pockets of that throughout the day listen if that's if that's happening for you don't beat yourself up if you're not praying for two hours every day I'm not I know I should be I know that would be the right thing to say. Yes, I get up at five every morning and I pray for two hours. But you know what? It doesn't happen for me. And if, happen, if it happens for you, then you need to be praying for me. <laughs> but, you know, we just need to find that time alone with God and be real, be authentic with him and just connect with him. You need counsel? You need some advice? The Holy Spirit is there to speak to us. You need a friend? The Holy Spirit's available to us 24-7. Need to, to navigate through some challenges? The Holy Spirit is there. Are you calling on him? And there are times when the Holy Spirit is just speaking to me gently and softly. And there are times when the Holy Spirit's like, no, stop now. Because the Holy Spirit loves me. The Holy Spirit's looking out for my best. If you saw your child running out into the street about to get hit by a car, oh no, honey, please don't do that. Stop! And sometimes the Holy Spirit will say, stop. Don't go there. It's for your good. And sometimes the Holy Spirit will just gently nudge me and say, go up and give that person a hug. They really need it. And I love this story that I've shared with you guys before and if you've heard this before, please forgive me. But I remember going down the aisle at church one day and there was a lady there on the end and I just stopped and gave her a hug. And I went and sat down 
didn't think anything else about it. And it was months later, maybe even years later, she said, you know, Mark, that day that you gave me a hug, she said, I, I was praying to God. And I said, God, I need a hug from you. And you stopped and you turned and you hugged me. That's the kind of impact that you can have if you will just obey the Holy Spirit. That woman needed a hug from God and God used me to hug her. If we would just seek him, if we would just yield to him, if we would just obey him, our lives would be better and the people around us lives would be better too. Amen. John 16, 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Do you want to be guided into all truth? The Holy Spirit can do that. I'd like for you to bow your heads and close your eyes this morning. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with the Lord. Maybe you did at one point in time, but you've walked away and God is, is tugging on your heart right now. He's saying, come back to me. I want to have a relationship with you. If that's you, would you slip up your hand? I want to pray with you. There's no shame in that. Anyone, anyone else? God loves you. Ah, thank you. Thank you. If you, anyone else? If you ladies would just pray this prayer with me, I'm going to lead you in a prayer and you can pray it out loud or you can pray silently. The thing is that it needs to come from your heart. Say, dear Heavenly Father, I come to you this morning. I give my life to you. I give you all my sin, all my shortcomings, all my failures, and I receive your grace and complete forgiveness this morning. And I choose to walk in this freshness of life that you've given me. I'm not going back. And I thank you that today is a new beginning. It's a fresh start. All the old stuff is gone. Today is a new day. Today is a fresh start for me. And I receive it in Jesus' name. I want to pray one more prayer. I want to pray for you ladies. Father, I pray that these women would experience you in a way that they have never experienced you before. Lord God, that you would fill them with a fire and the power of the Holy Spirit that you would pour into them. God, that they would make a connection with you that they've never even dreamed possible. They would be so intimately connected with you that you would uh, begin to speak to them and they would begin to hear your voice in ways that they've never heard you before, that this intimacy would be made very real to them. And, and God, that they would just yield their life to you, knowing that you are speaking to them and that you are guiding them and leading them. And Father, I expect that you will do amazing things through their lives as you fill them with your presence, with your power, with the Holy Spirit, and as they yield to you. Father, I thank you for these ladies that have boldly said, hey, I'm coming to you today, Jesus. I'm done with all this other stuff. This is a new day. 
And Father, I pray that we will see the, the benefits of what you've done and what you're doing and that you will do amazing, miraculous things through their lives. And Father, we give you the praise and the glory and the honor and the thanks in Jesus' name. What does alone with God mean? It means that we just get into that quiet place. We say, God, whatever you want to say to me today, whatever, whatever you want to speak to me, I, I want to hear what you have to say. Who is God? You know, I think we need to know God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are one. Because you may get those questions. Well, who do I pray to? Do I pray to God the Father? Do I pray to Jesus the Son? Do I pray to the Holy Spirit? When we realize that they're one, it doesn't matter. What does getting along with God look like? You know, many times we have the lecture on Sunday morning and, and then sometimes we have the lab. This morning we're going to have the lecture in the lab. They're going to lead us in a song of worship that is perfect. It's perfect for you, for you today. It's perfect for me today. The more I seek you, the more I truly seek you, God, the more I find you. The more I find you, the more I fall in love with you. The more I desire to be with you. So this morning, let's take a few minutes and let's just worship and let's say, God, what are you speaking to me? I'm seeking you right now and I want you to speak to me. you and breathe. 
develop a time, a, a more deliberate time of, uh, of spending time with the Lord. And even if it's 30 seconds every morning, that's, a, that's okay. Start there. Just begin to pray. And as you go throughout the day and as you have challenges or, or whatever comes your way, just begin to seek the Lord. Would you, Warren, would you hit the lights back there, please? Just spend time with him. That's what's really important. That's why Jesus came, so that we would have an intimate relationship with him. And that intimate relationship with him drives everything else. Whatever we focus on organizes all of our life. If that's smoking dope, if it's smoking cigarettes, if it's drinking alcohol, if it's serving God, whatever we make the priority in our life will drive everything else we do. So let's make sure that we have him as the driving force. That, that's what we're seeking. And, and he will organize the rest of your life. You've been wonderful today. Gosh, I know this is kind of a, a different message, kind of jumping around. But I hope you understand that Jesus came and died for us to restore us into that relationship. And so we want to grow in that, and we want to share that hope and the love of Christ with those whom we come in contact with. Will you go out today and really live it? Go out and live it. Thank you for being here this morning. Bible study Wednesday at 7. Thank you for being here and, and joining us, and hope to see you soon. You're dismissed. Go out and make a difference in your world. Live it.